leadership beyond a definition, the boundless potential to engage, to encourage, uplift, and guide, conversations about growth. Leadership Unscripted with Dr. Virginia Hardy. I am your host, Virginia Hardy, and welcome to Leadership Unscripted, navigating your leadership journey. Joining me today is Ed Watkins, owner of a premier boat dealership, Ed Watkins Marine in Denver, North Carolina. Big Ed, as he's fondly called, is a man of many hats. He played football for four years for East Carolina University on teams that went to two consecutive Liberty Bowl games. Yes, two. The team's signature win was a 31-6 victory over the 12th ranked Miami team. Now, as a child, Ed was focused on two things, football and NASCAR. During his junior year at ECU, with his football eligibility completed, Ed began thinking about his dream of being on a NASCAR pit crew team. For months, Ed would knock on the shop doors of the Charlotte area. Ray Everham, who was looking to build a pit crew, saw potential in Ed and gave him his entry into the world of NASCAR. Ed earned a spot as the Jackman on the Rainbow Warriors, a team that pitted for Jeff Gordon. Eventually, Ed pitted for Kyle Larson, Martin Truex, Denny Hamlin, and Bubba Wallace. In 2021, Ed retired from NASCAR after 25 years as a part of top-tier driver teams and sponsor teams. He was on teams that won three Daytona 500 races and acquired 54 total cup wins in his 25 years. Ed's love of the outdoors, fishing, hunting, and conservation led him to purchase an existing boat dealership. Since 2017, Ed Watkins Marine has been the next chapter for Big Ed. His dealership was able to sell this entire stock during 2020 of the pandemic. Fishing, he said, was a fantastic way for people to social distance. Everything Ed does is centered on community. He supports his local first responders, police department, fire department, and rescue teams. Additionally, Ed supports high school fishing teams and clubs in the Lake Norman area. Many of his dreams are coming to fruition, and Ed states that he couldn't have envisioned his life playing out any differently. And Ed Watkins is still true to the purple and gold. Welcome, Ed, to Leadership Unscripted, Navigating Your Leadership Journey. We are very excited to have you today. So if you would, we'll start off with you. Talk to us about um, uh, your path, right? Give us a little bit of your history from whence you've come and, um, and then how you got to ECU and then from ECU to NASCAR and starting your own business. Oh, wow. I certainly will. My path began uh, to East Carolina University in high school. I'll never forget that cold winter Christmas day when I was tuned in to the bowl games and I was watching the Peach Bowl and saw ECU versus NC State. I was a junior in high school and after I saw the Peach Bowl of 1991 and the we believe in the school spirit that took place on that particular day, I knew I wanted to be a pirate. Uh, it, it all began from that point on, finished up uh, high school at Midlothian High School right outside of Richmond, Virginia. Uh, it was that Peach Bowl year with Jeff Blake uh, that 
Big Ed knew he wanted to be a pirate and be a part of that program. I'll never forget just seeing the, the – I've always been the little engine that could. I always like being the little engine that could, and ECU is the little engine that could, and uh, it became the, the, the giant killers in the 90s, and it started at that Peach Bowl, and I was a absolute – a dream come true to be able to uh, within a few years after that Peach Bowl game that ECU came back and beat NC State that I was able to wear the pirate purple and gold and be a part of that program and lay our own incredible run through the 90s that we did. I can't just the love, the admiration, the brotherhood mm-hmm. the, uh, that, that we all shared as teammates. We all came from all different parts we all came from different families and different cities and different regions of the country and we all came in with a um, incredible love for each other and incredible just admiration uh, and care for each other to make that university uh the very best that it could and you know it couldn't i can't tell you the the amount of love and admiration that I have for my teammates at East Carolina University and how privileged it was to be a part of that coaching staff being able to represent East Carolina University it was an incredible group an incredible leadership of coaches and the record speaks for itself yeah because you all went to the Liberty Bowl uh, a couple times we did back-to-back Liberty Bowls golly with you know with wins against you know Miami you know, West Virginia, South Carolina. Um, and, you know, we were independent back then in the 90s, and that gave us the opportunity to play the Tennessees, the Auburns, the Syracuses, the West Virginians, the Virginia Techs that we were able to. And through playing those schools and those programs, it put us and vaulted East Carolina University into a national exposure. So, not only do you have that little school in eastern North Carolina, you know, knocking on the door, but we had the exposure of being on ESPN on Thursday nights. We were on ESPN on Saturdays, on Saturday nights, prime time, 8 o'clock, uh, ESPN coverage against the University of Miami at the Orange Bowl Stadium yes. when we whooped up against the Miami Hurricanes. Yes, indeed. I remember, the, I remember both the Peach Bowl and that day, the Miami game. Very and, and then Scott Harley in 1996, our yeah. my very last game here in Charlotte at Bank of America Stadium, set the single season rushing record for ECU just running all over NC State. We just had incredible ball players, incredible talent, incredible love uh, and compassion for each other, and absolutely incredible coaching staff and leadership. Yeah, Steve Logan was and still is a, a good leader. So, so now let's talk a little bit about that sports piece, and we're going to get into your the business aspect um, in, in all of this. So how did sports and, and football specifically shape you uh, in your leadership style? Well, that played a, a huge part of the way I am, the way I'm wired, and the, the, the way I live my life is through the – hard work ethic that was engraved into us at ECU that never give up mentality. And that's what's so great about the game of football is it's so much of a reflection of life and it teaches you the most important core values of life is you're going to get knocked down. 
but you've got to get back up. And that was the, the, the core key of the sport of football is you're going to get knocked down, but you got to get up. The thing with, with ECU was my man, Coach Connors. Coach Connors instilled in us the ability to be able to get knocked down but get back up in the fourth quarter faster, stronger, better than any other opponent that you come up against. And our conditioning regiment showed that. And it instilled a hard work, blue-collar value into me. You know, I was never privileged to be able to have anything handed to me. Everything that I've gotten in life has come from just hard work. Mm -hmm. And I swear that that never give up work harder than your opponent mentality was ensued in me from August of 1994 when I first walked into Greenville, North Carolina to, to where it is now. It's just that associate with good quality people, associate with people, good people, associate with good people. ECU is just absolutely good people. I love Eastern North Carolina. Uh, I'll never forget all those games coming off the airplane. It could be two o'clock in the morning <laughs> and there'd be 10,000 people at Pitt airport. Yeah. Just, you know, just so just enthusiastically uh, fired up and excited to congratulate us for a, a big road win or going on the road, going on a bowl game and seeing, you know, 30, 40,000 in a section, big section of the stadium. Uh, Eastern North Carolina, I consider his home to me, my second home. I love Eastern North Carolina, and there's very, very special people. But the whole work harder than your opponent and crave, let's crave respect. And how do you get respect? You earn it, and you earn it by showing it every day. Come out to win every day. And that quality was instilled from me from August of 1994 when I first stepped in uh, the campus at ECU to today. Wonderful. And I think that spirit is still with us in this, in the sense of uh, we do a lot with the little. So uh, that ne never give up spirit still resonates with us. And you, um, I remember reading correctly, you've always wanted to be a NASCAR and work with, work with uh, the NASCAR drivers. And you have an interesting story about how you actually got on. Yeah. Jeff Gordon. I know everybody's heard of Jeff Gordon. Well, Ray Everham was Jeff Gordon's crew chief. Ah, gotcha. Ray Everham was basically the head coach for Jeff Gordon and for Jeff Gordon's race team. And when my football eligibility finished at ECU, I knew I wanted to be with the best. So I went from Greenville, North Carolina to Charlotte, North Carolina, and just knocked on doors, knocked on doors, knocked on, when I say knocked on doors, I went to race shops, went to every race shop and knocked on doors and told them who I was and what I wanted to do. And, you know, so it happened that day, I happened to knock on the door of, of Jeff Gordon's race team. And uh, I was able to just through the timing aspect being right that particular time, meet Ray Everham, who was Jeff Gordon's head coach for his race team. It was his crew chief. And they were in the process of forming what they called the Rainbow Warriors, which was your true athlete only pit crew nascar was going through a tremendous growth stage in the mid 90s mid to late 90s where they were transitioning you know your mechanics that work on the car and travel with the car and having a specialty group that came in that did nothing but focus on pitting that race car 
And when I say focus on pitting that race car, that's because a good analogy, a good visual is one second on pit road is the length of a football field at the racetrack. So if you can picture one second, so you can imagine how fast and important uh, those tens of seconds are, uh, when, especially when every car is so similar and so much and those drivers you know, it's hard to pass out there in a lot of those racetracks, but if you can make up positions on pit road, it equates to a substantial uh, advantage for for that car and for that driver. So now, so let's talk a bit about this, this, the NASCAR piece. So, um, um, and you call them the Rainbow Warriors, I think. So there, are, there seem to be a lot of ECU former players who were uh, who went to, into NASCAR. So wh- how does NASCAR, in the world of NASCAR, how does leadership present itself for you? Well, to me, what leadership is, is leadership is the ability to make a difference. Mm-hmm. And how can I go out and make a difference? Well, I can lead by example. I can go, I can do, you know, what the average person, how bad do you want to win is a good way to put it. How bad do you want to win? Because if I want to go out and beat this opponent, that means I've got to outwork this opponent. And I think a lot of the traits and values that have been instilled from me from my days at ECU uh, actually benefited to me to this day. And I can't, you know, brag on my my little brothers, my ECU pirates that are in the sport of NASCAR. I look and hope to be able to say that I helped pave their way um, to their success that they're having is through opportunities for future pirates. And it's uh, there is a lot of ECU pirates that are in the sport. And not only is there a lot of EC pirates that are in NASCAR, but there's a lot of EC pirates that are winning in NASCAR on top teams. And it's uh, it's a really, really, really humbling thing to be able to look back and say and see the, how much ECU has grown. And, you know, I look at the med school, I look at the facilities, I look at the, the campus, and I look at the football stadium mm-hmm. and just can't be any more proud of what ECU has done to the state of North Carolina and on a national level through its education and the opportunities that it gives for students and student athletes. Yeah, very much so. Uh, it's, it's why we do the work we do and why we stay here at ECU. I do believe we've all bought into that spirit. You talk about being very proud of the, uh, of the number of former ECU student athletes who are now in NASCAR and that you helped pave the way, and, and I agree completely with you. Have you been able to, to mentor them in certain, certain ways and coach them along the way? There was a mentor program that Coach Connor started years back that I was asked to be a part of, and that did start not only the mentoring of uh current athletes and student athletes with the football program, but through the relationships that it started, it was able to build friendships. And there's a lot of former ECU football players through that mentorship that, that you, uh, Ms. Hardy, and a lot of the leaders of the university were able to put together. And it was uh, very humbling to be a part of that program. And I um, was able to become a mentor and a leader to a lot of these student athletes. And it's extremely beneficial to be able to have a, 
uh, an athlete have someone to turn to in a you know can find their their challenges in life there's a mm -hmm. there's a lot that goes on in a student athlete's life that uh, i believe with the proper person to be a resource to can really really benefit and uh, ecu did that and it was a very very important program that paved the way for a lot of prosperity to student athletes yeah, so that's that whole notion of, of pay it forward. And as a leader, being able to give back. Uh, and so we thank you for your servant leadership in that regard. Uh, so let's talk a bit about you you and NASCAR and NASCAR as a whole, actually. So you, and then I'm going to come to your, your business. But we know that you've been in NASCAR for quite a while and, and you've been able to, to serve with different teams um, uh, and NASCAR drivers. Recently, NASCAR did have some unfavorable publicity. How have you and to others used your own leadership to change the narrative? Well, through you know your your positivity, you, you create a environment that is what you are. If you're if you're a uh, if you're a true leader, you're bringing true positivity to your environment. So you know, in all works of life, if it's in professional career or if it's in your office. If it's in your house, you're bringing all walks of life of positivity. So, um, you know, like any any sport, um, NASCAR has its challenges. NASCAR had a, um, uh, a few challenges throughout its course of life. But for me personally, is you know you you you, you pick the people that you want to associate with, and uh, you you're always around good people and good people are always associating with good people. So uh, I don't look at anything that I don't have any control over changing or influencing, you know, other people, a part of me. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, 2000 and, you know, 2021 was my last year of NASCAR. It was 25 years of top tier race teams being a part of top tier drivers, top tier sponsors, and um, I'm telling you, 25 years in a pressure cooker is a extremely, extremely challenging and daunting uh, lifestyle. But, um, you know, I was able to succeed through that and have three Daytona 500 wins, three championships, 54 total cup wins. And I couldn't have been any more proud to be a, a part of NASCAR then and be an ambassador to the, to the sport now. It's one of the the finest sports and forms of entertainment and proud to be a part of it. Indeed, indeed. Wow, 25 years, three Daytona 500s and 54 title cup wins. Impressive, man, <laughs> impressive. Wow, that 25 years right there t teaches you tons of leadership. So one of the things I really like when I, um, about you is that you have something that you say your, your business, Ed Watkins Marines, is your next chapter, next challenge. So talk to us a bit about your business and what made you decide to go into business uh, and, and, and then give us a little bit about your shop. Well, that's very good reason why ECU meant so much to me. I was in the school of business, getting, got an incredible background through the education and the um, incredible professors that I was able to be a part of through my college career at ECU and you know the racing aspect was an opportunity and I took it and I ran with it and you know literally 
focused day in and day out to be the very best that I could be. But I knew one day, you know, your body can just run as a 25 year old, you know, just for so long. And I ran as a 25 year old until I was uh, 47 years old. (laughs) But I knew that that time would eventually come. So I always wanted to be a business owner. I always wanted to own a business and the marine industry is something that I've always loved. I love the joy of water. I love that feeling, um, that smell of the water as you're going across in a boat and just smelling that water, feeling the wind in your hair. Uh, If it's coastal water, you know, just being out there and seeing the the serenity of of what, um, you know, nature holds and just, it's that my, it's always been that escape for me. So I've always had a special interest, always known the, the, the marine industry when the opportunity presented itself to buy a dealership up here, um, I did. And from that point on, it's been nothing but aligning yourself with the right people, uh, putting the building blocks together to build the very best team. And something that I've learned uh, from my NASCAR days was a visual checklist. And that visual checklist that... Uh, was instilled in me from you know day one in my NASCAR days was basically a five check bulletized uh, accomplishment and the first thing that I needed to accomplish in my five step building process was going from nobody to upstart. The second check mark would be from upstart to contender. Third check mark would be from contender to winner. The fourth would be from winner to champion, and the fifth would be from champion to dynasty. And that check mark basically showed me and my team a visual representation of where you've come from, where you're at, and where you're headed. And visual representations in my eyes are so clear and so important that your team sees where they're headed to. And a good analogy that I like to represent with and use with my team is rowing the boat. I expect everybody to be rowing the boat just as hard as me. If you got, you know, 15 people rowing the boat just as hard as you, you're going to get somewhere. But you got to have all 15 or all your people rowing the boat with you. And they got to know where they're going. Yes. So you got to have visual, clear understanding with your team on where you're going, where you're at, and where you need to be. Wow. So I want to talk about the team concept. But before I do, so where are you on your five-step continuum from nobody to upstart upstart to contender contender to winner winner to champion and champion to dynasty where are you we have come a long way and we have been able to check the first three boxes uh, up through from contender to winner and we are very close tickling winner to champion and when i go from winner to champion that's when i know that ed watkins marine is the most referred, most known, earned, you know, referral reference boat dealership in the, in, you know, in the, in the Southeast for sales and service. If you want to, if you're in the market for a brand new pontoon, brand new center console, brand new bay boat, bass boat, pleasure boat, deck boat, or used, or if you're repowering, you know, Ed Watkins Marine, if you're looking for the very best service team, all my service guys have come from the NASCAR industry. 
I can't brag enough on my service team because we've earned it. If you're looking for the best service, Ed Watkins Marine. And that is where we have grown to and where we continue to, to win every day. Great. So you, just, so you do have metrics or some ideas of what, of what it means to get from one step to the next. And Absolutely. Absolutely. My service team, they know what you know, needs to be accomplished every week. Sales team knows what needs to be accomplished every week, every day. But, you know, I'm looking back and I just absolutely can't be more proud of the leadership that's a part of this dealership, part of this team. And, you know, we're rowing the boat and we row the boat every day to win, you know, every day. And, um, you know, great leaders create image. As a leader, you create an image and we create an image that people want to be a part of. And that is probably the most important thing for employees and for customers to know is I want to be a part of what Big Ed has going on at Ed Watkins Marine. So, so Big Ed, how, how do you go about building that team when you, or even recruiting and selecting the team members? You know, who's going to be a part of that team who will, who will get in the boat and row with you and row in the same direction with you? How do you know who's right? I mean, of course, there are times I'm sure when you think you've got the right person, it ends up not being. But how do you know you've got the person? Well, you, you focus on today and you see what your goals and challenges are for the day. And you've got to have a team that's able to take the reins and, and, and run with it. You've got to have a team that can take the oar and all, all row in that direction. Um, honestly, I've got guys that I've worked with in the past and I know how good they are and I knew that I wanted them a part of my team. So what I've been able to do is form a team based on the success of my racing career, working with the very best guys in the racing career. And I tell you what, a racer is the most tenacious, most detail-oriented individual um, because, you know, case in point, you go send a driver out on the racetrack at 200 miles an hour and his lug nuts aren't tight and that wheel comes off, that's a tremendous amount of, of challenge to accept when you're being scrutinized on a stopwatch. So there's a lot of responsibility with that. There's a lot of responsibility that comes to on working on a race car and in a pressure cooker situation when you're based on time. So, uh, you know, the guys that are part of my organization are the very best tire changers, the very best mechanics that have been in pressure situations. I can't um, be any more appreciative of the team that we have. But, you know, good people bring in good people, and that's what we have. And we have good people bringing in other good people. And that's a good way of how we grow. Because once again, when you're growing in the right direction and you're doing the, 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 the right things right, you're creating respect and admiration in the community. And um, good people want to be a part of, of and, and associate with winners. Yeah, that's exactly right. And to create the right environment, people want to be a part of it. So, so Big Ed, what skills do you use most often in your leadership role and your owner of the business? And how have you grown those skills and improved those skills throughout the years? Biggest skill set, I would say, is mental mindset and, and mental toughness. Um, you know, as a leader, you want to be able to make an immediate impact. You've got to have that ability to move the needle. 
And that's why, you know, still with, with my team is every day we've got to row the boat and every day we've got to move the needle. Mm -hmm. So we've come through as part of any business, come through a lot of challenges. We came through a lot of growth. We started with one brand of motor and one brand of boat. And five years later, now we are representing the very best multi-brands in each particular segment, as well as the very best brands of engine, outboard engines in each particular segment. Um, couldn't be any more proud of, you know, we've added five boat lines in five years. We've added, you know, the you know additional motors in, in five years. We've, we've added a UTV side-by-side line in five years. Our product offerings are the very best uh, brands in the industry, and I can't be any more proud of being able to represent those in the, in the Charlotte market. So mm-hmm. um, it's an honor, it'd be an honor and privilege to be able to hand deliver um, boats from Ed Watkins Marine to eastern North Carolina into the coast. That's, uh, that is my home. But, um, you know, great leaders allow their performance uh, to speak for them. I like that one. I like that. All right. So we talked about some of the, the positive. Let's talk about some areas of growth. What's an example of something that didn't go as well as you would have liked that you experienced? And it could be from your your football playing days, your NASCAR days, or your owning a business. What, uh, what did you experience? And what did you learn from it? Biggest challenge I would say I've experienced is, you know, what you call burnout. Um, you know, it's it's it, it. You try to be and go as hard as you can. You try to put that block up, but you know, we talk about you know what I've done, the accomplishments I've done, but you don't think about you know for 25 years. That's 25 years of being gone. You know, Thursday night, sat Friday, Saturday, Sunday, from. February to November from one, you know, from California one weekend to Florida the next weekend and all parts in between. And then all of a sudden within the past five years, you put a a business into that situation and growing a business and something that I was faced with and, and seeing firsthand was, you know, you're getting older. You're not a 25 year old. You just can't run, run and run and run and run. Uh, some of the biggest um, obstacles and challenges in life is something that I naturally kind of fall into is, you know, you take on more than you're, you're able to, and you've got to be very, very open to seeing, you know, you've got to build a team that can take that and blend that and, 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 and help grow. You utilize your team as a machine. You look at your engine and you look at your team as being an engine and you're looking at, you know, instead of taking that entire load yourself, you're dividing it accordingly. And I'd say that's probably one of my biggest challenges now is I've a, I'm a can do, will do. I will take it and do it and run with it. But that can only last you so long. You've got to understand that's the power of a team is and that's what you've got a team for is to be able to take that load and distribute it equally amongst, you know, 10, 15, 20 people, however big your team is. And each one of those has the belief and understanding of where to go and how to do it. Yeah, and you've got to know your teammates. you got to know your, your, your team members and know what their strengths are and to be able to, to, to distribute and delegate some of those responsibilities. 
that sounds, you know what, Virginia, that sounds just like an offensive line. It sounds like <laughs> the guy to the left of me knows what I'm doing, the guy to the right of me knows what I'm doing, and that sounds like a, when that ball, when that center snaps that ball, that offensive line knows exactly who's got what and what's going on, and uh, it's amazing how that works. Uh, yes, indeed. I'm, I love your analogies. I'm writing a lot of them down, so I like them. So, so, not, so burnout is, is truly real, and you mentioned that. People have been experiencing that, or at least putting that name to it a lot these last two years with COVID and, and all that has come with it. But, but what do you do to restore yourself, to nourish yourself? I, I know you like fishing and hunting, but how do you incorporate that or anything else into your routine of self-care? That is a very good question, because if I had that answer... I wouldn't be going through the challenges that I am going through right now. Just constantly, you know, I feel like a dump truck that just is, is doing nothing but unloading. I'm unloading that dump truck every day, but that's something that I'm working on is being able to, um, you know, take on those challenges and so forth. And I tell you what, you know, here we are in the boating industry and in the fishing industry. I absolutely love to fish. I've got a lot of good close friends in Eastern North Carolina. I think something that I've done now to combat overworking that, that burnout that we spoke of is, you know, that last year was my last year of NASCAR. So I think organically that's going to fix a lot of what I was going through was being the stresses of being gone, the stresses of seeing my children growing up from afar and, and being at the racetrack and, and just being separated and not being with them. Well, now, um, you know, NASCAR is, that chapter is closed and it was a very successful chapter that I put every bit of focus, tenacity and energy into, and I left nothing on the table and I can look back and say, I gave it my all and that is self gratification to its fullest. But now I've got that opportunity to start racing with my son, to start going to the volleyball games with my daughter, start seeing and being with them. And organically, I think a lot of that pressure will go away. And then I tell you what, there's nothing going to be more bigger than putting a smile on Big Ed's face than being on, uh, on, on the turf of, of Greenville, North Carolina at ECU on a Saturday home game. So I look forward to making plenty of home games for the first time ever in my life, being able to come to home games and be a part of uh, the joy and excitement of, um, of pirate country on game day and then being able to come to Eastern North Carolina and fish. Absolutely love the coastal parts of East Carolina. I think there's the uh, most beautiful parts of America. So I think organically through that, that will um, uh, do a lot of um, positive growth for me personally. Yeah, and uh, the fishing. And I'm not. A, I don't fish, but my late husband fished. He had a he had a bay boat, and we would go. I, I would just go for the fun of it, right? But uh, he loved fishing out in uh, Eastern North Carolina, so I do understand that. Uh, and it, it was very calming, at least for me. <laughs> well, he sounds like my kind of guy because yes. that's that's exactly. And you can relate, and that's why you went out. Was there's nothing better than that. The smell of the water, the, 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 the wind in your hair, and that sense of that freedom when you're out there on the water. It really is special. Yeah, I, I, I do agree with that. I did like being out there. So we hope that you're back here, Ed, on September 3rd uh, here in Greenville when we take on NC State. 
I will be. I will. I have got that on my calendar, and I need to make start making uh, plans for shoeing up uh, tickets and all that. But um, you know, I will have my purple and gold on, and uh, I will be loud and proud, and look forward to September third home game against yes. NC State. What an incredible way to start the season off. I tell you, and you're, you're not going to have to talk about how we, we get together at that game now and, and cheer loudly for the Pirates. And we have good momentum right now, so it should be a good game. I can't tell you about how proud I am of, uh, of ECU and the program and the football program, the direction, A, the direction the university is going, but the leadership of yourself um, as well as your peers uh, at ECU and golly, how, you know, how many people do you think are going to be in that stadium? Is there going to be, is there going to be an empty seat? No, it won't. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree. I agree 100%. <laughs> there will not be an empty seat in Ficklin Stadium. And I guarantee there's going to be a lot of barbecue eight and there's going to be a lot of smiling, proud, loud, and enjoying ECU Pirates in that stadium. I totally agree with you. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> if I can just bundle the energy of kickoff on September 3rd into a bottle, could you imagine how much that could that bottle of energy could carry you through life? You got that right. It's gonna be like, <laughs> yes, man. Yes. <laughs> so I've got just a couple more questions I want to get to. I want, I want people to hear some of, uh, of some more of your wonderful advice here. So playing off of the burnout piece, and the whole self-care notion, what questions do you ask yourself in the mirror, right, um, as it relates to your own personal development, professional development, your own growth? What is it that you are looking for for, for Ed Watkins? That's a very good question. That's something, golly, I probably do on a routine basis is, you know, as a business person, as someone in the community that's positively trying to impact the lives of others and bring growth, bring growth to a business, bring growth to the brands that we represent is, you know, you've got to be able to look yourself in the mirror and you got to look yourself and say, are we going, is Ed doing what Ed needs to be doing to be able to accomplish uh, what needs to be done and basically in my eyes everything that needs to be done every day is to win I don't care what you have but you got to treat every day individually you got to be focused on each day you don't let others define you you work for what you want to define yourself and what you want people to think of you as and you go out there and you you uh, you just have the tenacity uh, to go out and win. That's my biggest thing is you've got to have the tenacity to, to do what others don't do on a routine basis. And that's just, you know, basically just go out, you know, go out and outwork them and go out and win. All right. So, and, um, so that may be, that may be your answer for this next question. What's the one characteristic that you believe every leader should possess? Greatest characteristic any leader should possess is that image. I think that image is what every leader or wants to be aspiring leader. I think the most important thing is image. And when I say image, I say create that visual. If you want to be someone that others follow, if you want to be something that uh, brings energy, you've got to create an image. You've got to create a visual of what it takes. So my first thing to answer that question is, Great leaders create 
an image and we create an image that you know people want to be a part of and that's all you can hope for um, create that image that people want to be a part of create that image that people want to associate with mm-hmm. and create that image that creates winning in an organic environment just through the ability of the core necessary hardworking outwork your environment outwork the competitors and um, do the right things right don't expect immediate gratification but if you're doing the right things right i always kind of refer to it as shoveling coal and splitting firewood you're not going to go at it you know in five minutes and 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 and, and split a big a uh, big pile of firewood splitting firewood is done on a routine basis little bit by little bit by little bit and if you have that big furnace running you got to keep shoveling the coal to keep that fire that that furnace written but if you do the little things and do it on a consistent basis you will definitely bring change and image to any leader's life and and doing it with that little bit a little bit a little bit a little bit and doing it consistently makes it sustainable and it, it can last that's exactly right don't go don't go walking up to home plate trying to hit a grand slam. But if you go up to home plate and you're in your philosophy, I'm going to do base hit, base hit, base uh-huh. hit. I'll take a base hit, base hit, base hit any day over swinging for the fences and missing. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. All right. So, now, now, Big Ed, you talked earlier about you, know, you helped to mentor some student athletes and some of your, of course, some of your, um, your, your own peers. Who has challenged you to be better than you once were who who does that for you well right off um through nascar i can say probably my number one idol and hero of all time michael jordan Mm -hmm. has been my biggest mentor of my life Um, michael jordan was my last boss Um, i was had the great honor and distinction and privilege of being a part of uh, Bubba Wallace's team and help him win his first race. And through his team, his owners were Denny Hamlin and Michael Jordan. I was able to build an incredible relationship with Michael Jordan. And in my eyes, there is nothing, nothing, uh, no person uh, on this earth that's more uh, respected and um, admired, especially in my eyes, than uh, than Michael Jordan, and I thank the good Lord for everything that he has put in my life to be with the Michael Jordans, the Joe G- Coach Joe Gibbses, mm-hmm. Rick Hendricks, Ray Everhams. Uh, the list goes on and on um, of people that have been in my life that I've been able to learn qualities and learn traits and learn uh, winning ways from. Wonderful. I know I'd love to get Michael on my podcast, but I know that's impossible. <laughs> Because he does have a story to tell. Like, I'm going to use my Carolina roots with him since we both went to our alums at UNC. And you know what's so, you know what's so cool about Michael Jordan? He's one heck of a good fisherman. He's got, uh, he's got Eastern North Carolina roots, of course, growing up in Wilmington. But he's, uh, he's in Moorhead City quite often fishing out of Catch-23, especially the Big Rock tournament that's in the 1st of June. So he's, uh, he's got a lot of close ties to yes, Eastern North Carolina. Yes, indeed. And, um, my uh, last question to you is, um, now that you've, you've had a successful career in NASCAR and you are building your, 
your business, Ed Watkins Marine, to be to go from winner to champion, from champion to dynasty. What is your next chapter, your next challenge? Wow. The next chapter, the next challenge is honestly what we're looking at is, you know, looking at the nitty gritty parts and pieces and components that makes our dealership is supply chain. I think supply chain is a big challenge in uh, the whole world. Uh, the whole global economy is being affected by supply chain. So that's our biggest immediate um, is for us, me personally, I've always been in a situation where you just go out and you work harder and you do it and you shovel more coal and you split more wood, your pile is going to get larger. Mm-hmm. But if you, you know, it's kind of, uh, unique for, for, for all of us to go and, and, and sell all these boats and work really hard to create business and create service customers and keep doing the right things right. But, you know, your supplies don't come. That's a very challenging way of growing a business. And that's what we're seeing here directly is we're doing the right things right. We're representing the very best brands. We are coming in contact and being introduced and earning the business of incredible people. But, you know, supply chain, global economy has just got everybody handcuffed right now. So within the next, I say, 12 to 24 months, that's going to be everyone's biggest challenge, including ours, is navigating the supply chain issues of the world economy. That's a tough one, I tell you. Our listeners and individuals who are, currently in leadership roles or those who are are wanting to be and and to be strong, effective, positive leaders, any advice you'd have for those individuals? I'd say right off, right off is, you know, for, for leaders, winning, I'd say winning requires soul focus. Winning requires total focus. Uh, Every time I get up on that pit wall, is my focus was to go out and execute the most perfect pit stop and visualization played a toll uh, a huge part of that so when i looked at my success on even nascar was i was never in a situation that i never visualized or practiced mentally with so whenever I would actually get into a particular situation in NASCAR, I have gone through that situation and had reviewed it and had taken reps in that situation mentally probably 10 different times. And as a leader and as an aspiring leader, as, as, as you're growing anything, growing your business, growing your way through the ranks as a student at ECU, just as you grow through life, think about and mentally challenge yourself to taking those mental reps, put yourself into mental reps and try to become as uh, proficient in challenges and handling challenges that you can be mentally. So when they do present themselves, you're already prepared and ready. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. And, and truly, I really do like your analogies. <laughs> you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm an Eastern North Carolinian native anyway, so my father talked a lot in analogies, so this makes sense to me. <laughs> well, I think of you as one of the most dynamic, most smartest, most incredible 
uh, people and friends that I have. And that's uh, very humbling to hear that. And I appreciate that very much. I think the world of you. Likewise, my friend, likewise. So thank you so much, Big Ed, for, uh, for participating and, and sharing your, your experiences and your wisdom with, uh, with our audience. And we will look forward to seeing you September 3rd. September 3rd, go Pirates. Wow, Big Ed. This has been a pleasure to listen to you and learn from you. And thank you for sharing your wisdom and your experiences with our audience. I'm sure they will learn a lot from you in regards to how you have used football lessons to help you throughout your life. That hard work matters. Hard work leads to meeting your goals. Never give up. Even when you get knocked down, get back up. Thank you for sharing your leadership definition, which is similar to the ECU definition of leadership, which is about making a difference, making a positive change in people's lives. And thank you, Big Ed, for sharing your visual checklist with the five points, going from nobody to upstart, from upstart to contender, from contender to winner, winner to champion, and from champion to dynasty. We will challenge our listeners to determine where they fall on this continuum and how they get to the next level of the continuum. Great leaders do create great image, as I paraphrase from you, Big Ed. Thank you for being a great leader and for setting and creating a wonderful, positive image for us all to follow. Thank you for joining me today for Leadership Unscripted, Navigating Your Leadership Journey with Ed Watkins. ECU alumnus and owner of Ed Watkins Marine in Denver, North Carolina. Join me for the next episode as we continue the journey of becoming successful and effective leaders. This has been Virginia Hardy, your host of Leadership Unscripted, navigating your leadership journey. Thank you for joining Dr. Virginia Hardy today for Leadership Unscripted, navigating your leadership journey. Are you looking to make the leap from your current role to a leadership position? or you are a current leader looking to sharpen your edge? Join Dr. Virginia Hardy for new podcast episodes each month for more leadership content meant to inspire, empower, and influence your individual path on leadership development.